You go ahead. All right. Three, two, one. was amazing that was good shit bro you went above and beyond with that right there that was a good song yeah it was yeah so if you guys didn't know already you want to do the little intro there sauce what do you want me to say hello hello welcome to burbeck and garrison are we gonna fucking say anything else (laughs) yes nanny's gonna do her part Welcome to Burbeck and Garrettson, guys. We have a good episode for you guys tonight. Everyone's been telling us, get a guest, get a guest. And we found an amazing guest. We have Buck Ford with us tonight. Oh, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Country music artist Buck Ford. You turned it out right there, bro. That I was wish, good. I that wish that good. one would have been country, on. Country. Huh? Yeah, That's the guy you had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Thanks. you're the dude, man. Sweet. You turned it up right there too, bro. I wasn't expecting that. That was good. That shit, was really man. good. Uh, I'm ready to go at it. Did you my write? Playlist. So you you wrote that song? Yep. That was hell yeah. Dope, good for dude. you, bro. Yeah. That's good. Fucking you have a lyric. you have a classic country sound. You know, it's not like this poppy stuff that's out there. It's really 
It kind of reminds me of 80s, 90s country. It has a, a, a good, like my dad would listen to that. All right. You know, That's pretty straight up. What I, I could I, I couldn't see my dad listening to Morgan to Wallen, but I could see my dad listening to that for sure. You don't think your dad would like Morgan Wallen? Fuck, he would talk so it's much. Too shit. new school. Yeah, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't like him. <laughs> I love me some Morgan Wallen. What do you that. think about Morgan Wallen? I think he's good. And he's really good. He's badass. I, huh? he, he is badass. I think he's badass too. Sings his ass off. Uh, you know, at, at the record label. Ruined him, but I, he sings. His, a guy can really sing if he wants to. Yeah. What, what do you mean the record label ruined him? Uh, he's just too commercial. I mean, he's just playing the game. I mean, yeah. You have to at that point. Yeah. He's so fun. for like normal dudes like us, we don't understand what you, you know what I mean. Like, where did where did it cut off to? Because we listen to it, it sounds like the rest of the shit on the radio. Right. Not shit. I don't want to say shit. Right. No. Mm-hmm. That's none of it's shit. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's it's an artist like me it has a hard time because it's like. I consider myself a country artist. Been doing it for a long time. Um, I'm kind of an outsider. Like it's there's no place for me in that world. You've what, been doing it way longer know. than him, huh? Well, <laughs> yeah. as far as like since he made it on the scene or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot, a lot, those guys are Morgan Wayland's not one, but there's most of the guys you hear today are like manufactured artists. So they're someone that they find on TikTok or. They're just like shaping and, and molding them yeah. into what they want, rather than it being authentic. Yeah, I mean uh, those those record labels are investors. They're big, wealthy, smart investors that know how to bring money into the pot, and they find somebody that you know has a following already on TikTok or whatever it is. Um, and essentially, a guy like a musician like myself, I have to be begged to like post something on, on those things. And that's <laughs> I've had a publicist I worked with. I'm like I'm like unworkable because it's like I want. Oh, you should do that. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm just I'm not. Sorry. Trying to stay authentic, like, huh? I just not even that. It's just I just I just I hate it so much. I hate. I just want to write to my own songs and cut them, and obviously that's why I'm still doing what I'm doing. But I'm okay with that. You know, a lot of those I know guys that have the record deal, and it's like, and they, ca- they can't even pay their you know truck payment. You know what I mean? It's Damn. Like, and and they they the record label owns them for five six years. Damn. Before you can do anything, and the, that's not even guaranteed. I mean, they get shelved, they're done. And yeah. at that point, once they get shelved, there's no coming back to get signed again. Because they'll get them for a couple albums too, right? So yeah. like, like if they do one and that doesn't get them where they want, then they really can't do shit without giving them another album or two, right? So yeah. they're they're just kind of screwed. They can't. I, I have really good friends that are doing the whole record label thing, and they got signed, and they're working with you know a great uh, publishing company as a writer and being signed with Warner or BMG or one of those. I, I got multiple friends in those that are just like playing the game and it's like they're dying. You know what I mean? They're driving a Honda Civic. They can't even like <laughs> do anything. And Nanny, you drive a Honda years. Civic, don't you? But when you're a country music <laughs> no, artist, no, you should like be driving a lifted truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, nothing to, nothing to do with that, but it's just yeah. like it's so hard for them, and they're stuck. They can't, they That's can't go out and make their own money. If they're selling a T-shirt, well, the record label's getting, you know, certain percentage. It's a 360 deal. There's no such thing as a record label just makes a record for you anymore. You go, they're doing the record stuff. You make money. They want a piece shows. of it all. Social media, all that. Huh? They get a piece of every little thing that you, that you do. Have you ever thought about just being a writer? Because I mean, your song, man. You Man, they're fucking. And I went to the to the Dixon show and I was blown away by you. And I was telling them like, man, he sounds like a classic country artist, like a real country artist. Well, I, I've been writing forever, and and 
you know, I've written songs to cut myself, you know, for the most part. Um, that's always in the back pocket. You what, know, to, to go write? Just, just to write and have, I mean, I got a catalog of songs that are already pre-demoed that are cut. And here's the template. So you could, you know, possibly sell those. 100%, yeah. That'd be yeah. dope too, man. Yeah, no, and that's, that's always something yeah. that, that's going to be a party. Whether I get too busy for, you know, if I'm missing too many Little League games or, or whatever for my kids. And it's like, there, yeah. when I'm done, I'm done. But that, that'll always be, a, you know, an angle. You got a plan stay, B. Stay yeah. in it. You Th know what I mean? That song you just sang, man, I could hear somebody on the radio fucking singing that song. It could you know, be. You know what I mean? It could be. I mean, and that's that's just straight traditional country sound right there. But there's still room for that. Yeah. There really is. I mean, it's it me, coming back right now, it, I feel like. We, it, always, yeah. it, always, it always does. You can give that to Easton Corbin or, you know, there's a ton of guys that are signed right now that are not on the radio, but there's, they're getting songs pitched to them right and left that can cut that. We're so interested to hear more about your music, but we're going to start before you started doing music. And I actually just found out that you used to race dirt bikes. And I think we're interested in when did that start and what made you interested in it? Um, well, that's always been what my brother and my cousins did, rode dirt bikes. And I was the first one to actually go racing with it. Um, my brother was a big BMX guy. So he, when he was really young, my brother was, you know, California champ and all that stuff in the BMX world and shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a BMX dude. Um, and I, I took motocross at that point. My brother, you know, jumped on a motocross bike and rode for about a year. And because I was kind of traveling at that point and trying to hit all the races, kind of like my nephew is now. But um, yeah, I've been doing that since I was seven. So kind of when Nolan started, um, I think Nolan definitely got a dude an edge, but. So for uh, the listeners, Nolan is your nephew. He, uh, I just, did we, men I think we mentioned his we race, did. right, on the previous podcast about me going out to, so we mentioned, I, I did a shout out to uh, Nolan and, and how awesome he is. Um, so for our listeners, his uncle is Buck. He does, he's into country music, and we're kind of getting his backstory right now. He started off doing some dirt bike racing back in the day before the country music uh, yeah. became his thing. No, totally. I, I, I could probably do myself in like five minutes of how all that all evolved. And and, um, and it was my, going back to my nephew, he won the Reddest a couple weeks ago, which is the biggest amateur race there is in the world. Um, number one. In is that in the world? Too? In the world, yeah. People wow. travel That's awesome. all over to, just to qualify early on in the year that are good enough. And then... You know, like Suzuki, all those manufacturers will bring someone from France or you know anywhere from Europe to come qualify early to get them there. Um, yeah, I wanted your opinion on it, man, because I'm out there, and I I don't know, you know, I know Nolan's dope, and you know he's going against these kids from all over the states, and I know during the year he's he's uh, you know, competing to get into Loretta Lynn. So I know it. there's a lot to it. That's obvious. And then you go out there, and it's a fucking huge event. This shit is like a playground for people, man. It's like a whole just its own world out there in Tennessee, you know. It's amazing. But for somebody, you did, you did Loretta Lynn's too, right? Yep. So for what Nolan's doing out there, like how big of a deal is that it's for like – it's it's so big. It's uh, 
Like, he should have a ride for sure by now. He should have came from Loretta's with a ride. I know back in my day, if you won a title at, at an 85 division where he is, you definitely, if you don't have a ride, you definitely would have had a ride coming home. Yeah. You know what I mean? With whoever it is, whether it's not a even. A ride's just being like a full full ride yeah, sponsorship. Sponsor. Like, you're catching a big name and they're paying sure. for everything from right. then on out. Right. And, you know, he's the most consistent kid in that whole group. I mean, he's, you know, there's there's kids there that aren't good, as good as him. Um, but they're either winning or they're crashing out or getting a bad start or that no one is always there. That dude is the you know whole I mean? shot. <laughs> he, he makes dude. it there somehow. Even if he doesn't get the best start, he's for some reason he gets in there. Yeah. And and that's so so big to be said for him. It's just like a, I think think he's just you know why he doesn't have a ride. I don't know. I mean I, I think it's 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 coming definitely coming. It's yeah. not within the next six months or so, but it, it's definitely in its grasp. So. How yeah. does it make you feel like watching him and seeing him like accomplish all these goals at such a young age? You know what? It's so easy for him. <laughs> it's just like it sucks because he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't even have to work. It doesn't. It doesn't have to try. It just he's just he's so like mentally gritty and so knows where he's gonna be, where he's gonna be. Yeah, you know he's better than anyone else there mentally, and he just makes him that much better in his class, and he's already. He's my age at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that dude was always ahead of his years. I oh, know yeah. that. When yeah. he has a little kid, man, that fool would be hanging out with me. We was like best friends at the house playing video yeah. games and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to hang Yon. out and shit, bro. It was weird. <laughs> it was hella. It was cool, man. He was like, even just everything, talking, walk, everything. The dude was just always a step ahead of like a kid that would be at that age to where it was like it was crazy. So. Oh. Now he's just doing the same shit with the dirt bike riding, I guess. Yeah, and, and no matter what, whatever he does, he's gonna do that that way. He's just gonna kill it. You know, he's just so he has the grit, and that's something you can't train, can't teach that. Yeah, you know, and he has that like, you know, I'm gonna beat you. I don't care who you are. I don't care. You know, I see you on your social media right now is crazy. You got guys that are like, just beefed up their social media. They're good. They have a ride, and they're from across the state. He's, he doesn't care. He's just like, yeah, I don't care. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna go beat him. I don't care. He's just the way he is. Is the social um, media becoming a big part in that world too? Just I know you're not in it that much anymore, but uh, it is. You know, it's it's so funny. It's kind of phony because you know their parents are doing most of it. At, at yeah, the, hell like, yeah, huh? The shit they're saying. You're like, like, ain't no right. kid writing that, man. <laughs> you know? And it's cool because you know you have to do that. I mean, there's so much. You know, the sponsors are you know so many so much opportunity there. So much like people that can help you and get to the races it's so hard now everything's so expensive and it's just dude like, i don't know how people do it yeah. man. just yeah just marcella and brad man they're yeah. they're all over the place man yeah and then you said um i think it was he'd already have a full ride by now what would that do for him um well he's got a pretty good support group um from from everybody you know he always has you know good good equipment um you know when i was a kid i i I had that too. My dad had a business and we were able to go out and travel. And um, it was basically me and my dad in a motorhome for about 12 years. That's what we did. And I was homeschooled. And, uh, um, you know, no one has good equipment now. It's just the stuff that the factories can do. Manufacturers can just, Excellent. you know, the suspension they can put on those bikes, the motors that are just like equipped perfectly. You know, no one's got great equipment, but you put them on a factory bike. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen, you know? And, uh, um, I never had a factory ride. I, I finally got some help. So when I was 17, I turned 16. I turned professional. And then uh, 
I qualified for Loretta's four years. So I, I didn't I didn't go to Loretta's on big um, little bikes only on big bikes. So from one two five intermediate one year and then three years in the pro class. So there's an A class at Loretta's too that are pros. Yeah, shit, I didn't know that. Um, I was there probably watching pros and didn't even know. Oh yeah, I'm watching because <laughs> yes. I'm a tard. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but that I my change from moto to music was at Loretta's. Um, you know, Craig Morgan, actually Craig Morgan was there this year hanging out. But Craig Morgan, there's always someone that comes to the show because it's so close to Nashville. Yeah, it's an hour, right? Yeah, yeah that we were it. driving there every day from yeah. Nashville. Yeah. And yeah, it was like right around like an hour and 10 minutes. What was it like as a kid out there, man? Would you have some little girls chasing after you and a little action like that? Or was that still? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, you know, the moto industry has changed, I think, as far as more. <laughs> there's not as many riders. I think there's more spectators now. There's more people into it, but uh, they're they're like everyone's in a spinner van going in there and going to the hotel after. Like they're back in the day, there was like you couldn't even get in the place, like motorhomes and people were just in crazy. that that little Loretta Lynn branch facility, whatever oh, the yeah. hell that is, a compound. Yeah, and Loretta's was always the funnest event of the year. I mean, everyone would show up. Um, even the pros would show up just to come out and see the, yeah. the new amateurs and who's coming up and. Just to be there for the week. Cause it's, you know, That's kind of what I get the feeling yeah. I got when I was there, man. That shit was like a party. Like, the, the races were going, but I felt like the families and it, that, man, everybody was on, like, a golf cart or a dirt bike. Yeah. Or they're just, they're rolling all around. There's a river running through it. Motherfuckers are just out there having a good time man. oh yeah so back in my day we had the jason lawrence and like travis pastrana that were that's my era yeah so pastrana, had, that's a big name we had dude. all of them out there doing their stuff in the river and doing their crazy stuff on the golf and golf carts and it, it was just a party the whole week you know the cool thing about loretta is it's like everyone's already qualified whoever's there is something yeah you know I mean? so yeah they're not going there to qualify if they made it they get in they get in no everyone's already qualified so everyone that's at loretta's is a bad dude you know what i mean so Everyone can just kind of be like, all right, we're here. I'm here for a week. Let's just have fun. You know, give it all we got. We crash out. We, we lose, whatever. When you were at Loretta's, did you already know that you had, like, a talent to sing and play instruments? Or was it out there where you were like, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to do this? No, no. Everyone knew me as a singing racer. I, I, I used oh, to, really? Yeah, I, I sang for about four or five years before I put motor down. Um, and I had a um, – my mechanic was, at the time – taught me how to play guitar years ago when I was a kid on the 80s and he always pulled one out so we'd all be sitting in the pits and we'd gather a little crowd around and, and play and so everyone knew me as that that I had that in the bag um but I was eh, well, it's whatever you know I had a couple little gigs that I would do before I put it down but um what did it for me was um I, I had a bad I kind of had a bad year uh, some head injuries and stuff like that and I, I've broken everything that's, that's multiple times but it's the head injuries. I had a big run, six or seven of those in about six months. Um, concussions. Yeah. Waking up in, you know, <laughs> in the by, hospital, by, not by even knowing how you got there. No, no idea how I got there and, and, and all that stuff. So <laughs> I just had a bad year, and Mammoth was a bad one where um, you know, I took like six months off because I just didn't, didn't even want to ride anymore. What age is this around? Uh, I was 19. Okay. 19. So um, when did you officially hang it up and transition to the music? Um, what age? I, I was still 19, um, right before I turned 20. I, uh, I actually got a ride 
finally got it right after all those years. I went, I went and did Loretta's. Did horrible. Um, Craig Morgan was playing there, one of my favorite artists at the time. And, like, went there and got fr- front row seats, and I had my girlfriend there, and all my dad. I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> You're like, I want to be up there. I want to be doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I'm, and I didn't say anything. My dad was like, I know what you want to do. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not. I gotta do that. I race, I race motocross. You know what I mean? And you know, I had a bad week at Loretta's and came home and I, I was with MDK at the time, which is a big um, privateer team. What and does that mean? Uh, like a dirt bike team? Or yeah, something? big. They went out of business. They had like Nick Way. They had uh, shoot. They had a ton of guys, big time guys before that were like, it was like privateer. You know, pretty good privateer. There was MDK. Then there's factory. And then I was, you know. I had two good amateur um, pro years, so A class, and they picked me up for two years. I had a great, I had a great team. Um, finally, had some really good equipment, and then, you know, had had kind of have a bad year. They stuck with me, and then uh, through Loretta's and came home. I was like, man, what am I doing? Uh, had a couple big uh, pro shootouts on the West Coast, and uh, MDK backed me for those, and I ended up winning some pretty big races with you know Zach Osborne, some of the big guys from back in the day. And uh, I got picked up by SVN, which is a satellite team, the Red Supercross, in outdoors. So I'm like, shit, I can't quit now. Because I was already done at this point. I was just mentally, like, mentally, was you're just, not feeling it anymore. Yeah. And, and, and are you already thinking about country music at this point? Or are you well, just, just done I was with just racing? Done. I was just like, I'll, I'll go hang out with my friends at the lake. I'll go, you know, do stuff that normal people do. You'll have fun and not stress, you know, as a you know, 19 year old, it's like never went out and partied, never went out and done stuff like that. You know, there was no partying when you was in, uh, like Loretta Lynn's and shit like that. Oh yeah. But there's no like fun, like crazy stuff with like, yeah, that you would do in high school, like go drink. And there was none of that. Cause you're kind of just probably, even if you're having some drinks, you're still going to sleep early and racing the next day kind of shit or no, <laughs> no, we're still partying. <laughs> no, no, we just party as kids, like in the mud and do stuff like that. But then it's like we're in bed. We're not, yeah, we're yeah. Not. If you're at Loretta's doing that, there's you don't have a chance at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't have my first drink until I think 21. Damn, really? Wow. Dude, you was yeah. focused, man. And I, I, even when I put it in, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Remember, I'm just going to go do other stuff but that. Um, but yeah, it took me a while. And then I went, I went crazy for a little while in the music business, and you know, went on tour and all that stuff later. And I'm, but you know, I went down. I got a factory. I got a satellite team ride. And I'm like, shoot, all right, I got to give it the benefit of the doubt. I got to go. So they, we had a test track in SoCal, and then uh, I stayed in. Uh, we had a motorhome in a trailer, and I had my my old Dodge Hemi that uh, not an old Dodge, it was a nice new truck, but uh, it was my only payment I had when I was 19. And uh, my dad put me in the Pachanga RV park with my, like, I had a trainer, mechanic, and me and my truck. And then I had a buddy that, like, was a rider, too, a good rider, that traveled with me. And we'd go down. I'd stay there for months, and I'd come home, you know, for a couple of days and go back down. And, and I'd just train with my trainer and my, my people, and it was pretty awesome. Shit's like a life, huh? It's pretty awesome. Um, one weekend, my dad came down, and uh, we're training for Supercross, and... We're on this private test track that we've been on for months, and I came up. I I bruised a couple ribs the week before, and I finally came. I went up, went home for a couple of days, and my dad came down with me, 
and uh, just went back out, just back to normal, nothing new, just putting in the laps, putting in the time. My trainer and then I just pulled off, put my bike instead. Everyone's like, "See, where's he going?" Like everyone finally got to the trailer. I'm like, "That was it, done." Wow, I'm never gonna put my leg over back in. I'm done. And my dad, my dad was was there. He was like, "He's done." Holy shit! Was, and then it's kind of a pretty bad ordeal with the team and everything. But um, I mean, fuck it. My dad was like, oh, "Like at some point, yeah, he's not getting back on." That's just knew. crazy. Like, it was just, at some point, um, if your heart's not in it, like you have to, like, how long do you go through with it, man? I'm sure some people just suffer through that shit for fucking ever, man. Every single one of them that were successful on dirt bike went through that at least a few times in their career. Like, you go through it once a week. What am I doing? I don't care if you're Ryan Villapoto, Carmichael, or a guy in the mid pack trying to make a living. Yeah. It's like, you think about it. Like, I'm going to quit today. This is bullshit. This is stupid. And so from that point, you just, like, took up country music, like, daily or? <sighs> no. I mean, I kind of just eased into it, but it's so weird how fast it happened. Um, I mean, it was crazy ordeal down there that day. I was like, I was like, you just head home. And I didn't say anything. The whole, my dad drove me. I was like, I'm not driving. Drive home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had my, my buddy drive, like, the motorhome and trailer. Because we, we came back later to get all that shit, but. I was like, I'm going home. Like, I don't want to see a bike. I'm done. And then uh, sold everything that I had. Like, literally a week later, I was just, I was like, I don't want to see any of it. I don't. Want, I didn't keep like a helmet or nothing. Like, I sold everything, um, which kind of sucks. There's some done, stuff done. I wish I would have kept. But no, I had no plans. Oh, I'm playing. I'm gonna chase this dream. Gonna do all that. Whatever. It was like, oh, cool. Maybe I can go play some. Get a band together and go have some fun or something. And Craigslist back then, I found some couple guys that played guitar and on drummer. Craigslist? Craigslist, dude. I met so many weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all there is on there, there's, bro. There's so many stories of that. I, how much time you got? That's just too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I started putting stuff together. Like a month later, I had a gig. Um, this little bar in Elk Grove called The Wrangler. I think I played there probably 40 times back, you know, I mean, I haven't played there in 10 years, but when you first, time, started, first yeah. started, and how old are you at this time? Uh, I was still 19 playing in a bar, playing in a bar after, <laughs> after a month of putting after a shit. month. Yeah. I had a gig and I got some just horrible musicians together and went and played, played, <laughs> learned about, you know, 20, 30 songs. And That's crazy though, bro. Uh, like for a month to like, yeah, no, I, I was not expecting it. Um, <laughs> to think Craigslist again this is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, so weird. Uh, so you're just doing all covers. Cool. You're doing oh, all yeah. yeah, right. All covers. I did covers for like two or three years. Um you know, then I turned twenty and played a whole was getting gigs all over the place, traveling and doing things as a cover band for you know, another year and I had to take my breaks outside the bar because I couldn't be inside. <laughs> uh, wow. so I, I wasn't drinking. You know, I was I'd go there and play and my guys would go inside. I'd take a break. Say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna break up. Let me in the door, and I go play. <laughs> um, That's wild, dude. And I went from there, and I, I put a record out about a year later. Horrible record. God, it was so bad. But uh, and this was your own music. My own the, music. Yeah. yeah. Did you write this, or a combination of people? Combination. Or? Yeah, I met some like songwriters in the meantime. There's a couple like musicians that I dabbled with and wrote a couple of goofy songs and cut them in a studio in Vacaville and. It was it was god awful, but uh, we had something at that point, and 
Do you still mess with any of those guys? Like, or oh, still yeah. work with them? I, I, no, I still I don't work with them anymore. But I st- they're still friends. Like, yeah. Still, you know, sweetheart. A couple of them were just like good buddies from Vacaville that I will always be buddies with, and and uh, but that I mean from then on it was just like. I'm in the business now. We would, you know, fire this guy, and they found a guy that's really good. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what a good musician sounds like. Okay, <laughs> well, let me let me find a new guitar player, and then like you just find guys. And I got, you know, I got a band with me that's been with me about 14 years now. Dang. Uh, well, like my drummer's been with me 14 years, uh, guitar player's been with me about eight, and and so on. So, um, but in the meantime, I've had guys come and go, and guys were with me for 10 years, and then go do something else, or or got busy at home, but. It's a constant grind. Yeah. Um, you know, hard, I think the hardest thing for me at my point is, like, I can go somewhere and and play a show where it's, like, people are coming to see me as an artist and then next night pick up a gig where I'm, like, playing as a, as a fundraiser or, like, a um, some kind of cover band dinner dance kind of thing where it's just, like, I just got to do it. The difference is, like, wild. It pays good. You know what I mean? It's, like, I got to do it. Yeah. But it's getting harder to, you know, leave home and yeah. How many times, uh, like right now in a month, how many live gigs are you going to do? Still working pretty much. We do probably nine to ten, at least. Wow. A month. A month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So every week you're doing at least two, more than likely. At least, yeah. Yeah. When's your next one? Um, I'm doing uh, um, this Thursday. Me and my guitar player, we do an acoustic show for a big dove hunting uh, club. It's, it's our good buddies of mine. They big rich guy from LA puts on this big uh, turn bass tournament. Um, dove and then opener opening day of dove season's on the first. So we do the bass tournament, get all the guys and do a big like acoustic concert. He sets it up pretty badass. And then uh, we do a dove hunt the next day. And then uh, next week I'm playing uh, up in Tule Lake. At the fair, Joe Nichols and a bunch of guys coming to town. So, Joe Nichols was a big name there for a minute too, right? Yeah, yeah two thousands. Yeah, I feel like I know a few of his. Yeah. So, but and that's my kind of like guy right there. Like he's my sound, my era. That's yeah. One. So those kind of gigs I love. When did you get out there to Tennessee? Because you try to do the the Tennessee like like if you're gonna make it in country, there's like a Tennessee kind of angle to it all right the nashville thing yeah no there is like i, I you got to go there if yeah you, if you do anything recording writing you got to be there if you're going to do it right you know I, I couldn't record a record here in california so did you play in the the local bars around broadway and stuff yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever play at tootsies i played tootsies yeah. did you it's my first gig that's yeah. fucking awesome. was it your first one so so there's a <laughs> there's a rigmarole to it like you, you moved to nashville your first gig's gonna be Tootsie's, so they're affiliated. Really, Honky Tonk Central, and then Rippy's on the corner. All right, those are the starter gigs, worst gigs in town, by the way. Really, <laughs> worst gig. I thought it was so <laughs> dope. It's the fucking worst, <laughs> shittiest gig in town. If you're playing there, you're the, you're, you're new to town. Um, and eventually you got to kind of get off lower probably because it's just like it'll like drain you, and just. Y- you can get stuck there for the rest of your life if you don't, you know, move on and do something else. But yeah, we saw some girl there with her band said she'd been playing there ten or twelve oh. years, some some length of time. Whereas I, I didn't expect her to say that. Sure. What what I seen when I was down there, um, it it was so awesome, man. Because, and I had no idea about Tootsie's was the starter bar and all that, but 
everybody was so good in those bars. Everybody was sounded so good, and I, I had such a blast on down there when I was, you know, in every bar. The I don't drink or anything, but the fucking just listening to the music and putting twenty bucks in the hat and oh, yeah. giving them, you know, tell them a song I'd like to hear. And oh man, I just had a blast. And in Tootsie's, I had the most fun. That's why I brought it up. Oh yeah, no. I, you can't not have fun at Tootsie. It's so awesome. You said you got to get off Broadway at some point before you get stuck there. When I went there, I didn't spend we, – we kept doing the back and forth thing to the races. But when I was down there, we did Aldine's and Kid Rock's. It, that's considered right there downtown, right? Yeah. Because that's I, – I think the Tootsie's was right across the street. Yeah, that's lower Broadway. Um, but is upper Broadway like where the – is there no, an upper Broadway or is that there's, there's no there's there's Midtown and you got winners and losers and like Tin Roof and it's right now Music Row where all the studios are at. Um, it's just a different scene, you know. I mean, obviously, and you're right. Everyone that plays in Tootsie's, I don't care what what bar it is, is good. I mean, good all, man. All those guys, whether they're playing guitar or drums or somebody singer there, they're on the road tomorrow night with Rascal Flats or, or, man, wow. or somebody. I was um, really they're all somebody. I was impressed by this kid who was home from college playing the fiddle, man, and he just fucking killed it, man. Yeah. I was like, I was blown away. And then I went to places like Aldine's, mm -hmm. and I thought, what a fucking that was like Macy's of bars to me, bro. It was three levels of fucking right. bullshit. You know, it was just like fake as fuck. I, I that's the way I perceived it. You know, it's just the people were. I don't know, man. Did they you do Kid Rocks, or was that not even there yet when you were there? Kid Rocks wasn't there, and I was there. So I, I lived there in 2011, 2012. Oh, that was... Oh, you was only there for a year? Yeah. Damn, yeah. I thought a you were A year was and a half. Um, me and Sarah packed everything we had and lived over there for a little while. No, my ex-girlfriend. But, um, uh, yeah, I know I started Tootsie's, Honky Tonk Central. So Honky Tonk Central is now called... Uh, uh, it's that three-story one right on the corner... That might be Aldine's. Maybe, maybe that's, yeah. Because they, they've all changed. The yeah. only piece in, person that's still the same <laughs> is Roberts, um, the stage, Tootsie's, obviously, and uh, Second Fiddle, and I think Layla's. All the other ones have changed. I mean, Legends has always been there, but all the other other brothers have changed. Like back in the day, I used to play the Wheel, which is now called AJ's, and that was my house gig. I, I'd play there every other night, um, 10 to 2 in the morning, so... Nice. And uh, so I did that for a year and a half. I feel, are you better if you're playing that? Because when I was there, bro, motherfucker, it was a concert everywhere, a live concert yeah. in every place you went. And I was there in the after. I never was there past, I don't think, 10 or 11 at night. Yeah. I wasn't there for a long time, but the I think I was over there two days. And neither one of those days I was there past 10 at night. And I got there as early as like two in the afternoon, and it was already a party every fucking where. Yeah, six to ten is is the the best slot. Okay. Um, you know, so what do they got? Like a two to six? That's like so every day they have a uh, uh, what is it? It's uh, I never played. I played acoustic morning shifts, which was a twelve to. 12 to 2 or something? I forget what it was. But anyways, there's, a, there's four Fools shifts. Fools are there at fucking breakfast. Yeah. So there's there's four shifts per bar every day. And there's guys that play four shifts every single day. And there's guys that I know that are just musicians. And they no longer play on the road with anybody. Because it's like, I can stay home and never never have to move my drum set and play four sets. You know, four, that's, that's a 12-hour day. 
um, and they're making you know 400 500 bucks but they're working their ass off a day 400 500 bucks a day a day but I mean they're sitting there playing their instrument for 12 Ever. hours I mean. No breaks, no nothing, taking a piss and, and like grabbing a drink. Piss in their drum seat. I would their <laughs> drum seat is a five-gallon bucket. I would walk into those bars and think, why the fuck hasn't this guy made it? This guy's fucking great Yes, right here. dude. And I got the same fucking vibe about you when I fucking heard you and Dixon, man. Like, why the fuck isn't this dude on the radio or something? You know. But I, uh, then again, I don't know fuck all about nothing anyway. You know. I just there's like, like a what little I, bit of luck involved with the shit, right? Oh yeah. Like there's oh, just there's timing, luck, situation, like fucking a uh, timing, luck, mostly money. Um, and like I said, there's there's manufactured artists. There's you know daddy, mo- daddy, mommy, money that yeah. You know, a girl Name or a guy that uh, Parker McCollum, John Party. John Party's a manufacturer. I, I heard like some of his songs. I so know, actually, you know, John Party's really done well with what he. So his grandpa won the lottery. That's exactly what I heard. I That's didn't I know that ask. either, dude. Yes, I heard that. But, but uh, I respect it. John's cool because he's been playing, you know, shitty music for a long time. But, um, <laughs> but uh, did, did he just now get popular? Because I didn't know about him until like a year ago. No, he's been in it for a while. He's 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 paid his dues. I I have nothing but respect for him because I think he's done well with. There's a lot of guys that had that had that opportunity and just like yeah. Well, Except for that fucking but, tequila song. You know, I'm not. That's John Party. You know, I don't yeah, like what's that fuck? I don't know. I know it irks the fuck out of you. Though. Yeah, that. Uh, I think it does it with like Red Atkins or uh, Thomas Red or something. Oh my God, it's fucking. I want to. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's done well. He's put himself in the right spot. And but he has some bangers too, he man. Has some good ones. He has some he really has a good songs. Few of his I yeah. like, man. And man, the motherfucker you ever watch his videos? He got rhythm. When he's dancing oh, with no, that guitar and moving his fucking leg and shit. The guy's a showman. Yeah, dude. he's... Yeah. I, I, I like John Party. Nothing I think but respect fucking, for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he got his deal. Yeah, that, um, no, I, I heard that story. Somebody in the bar told me that his grandfather won huh? the lottery. Yeah, it wasn't on looks, I'll tell you that. It no, ain't like he's they not saw, a... It ain't yeah, like they saw this dude. It's like, we're going to push the looks no. on this angle. No, but I mean, if, if, if you have it, you're going to do the same thing to your kid, right? I mean, I, I know I would. I know it's like, I don't know. I, I think him, he's done great with it. He's a great performer, great writer, really good writer. Um, Is he writing some of those? He, he does. I mean, he's, he's. I respect the writing. He he's put in in the in a room with the best writers in town. So who knows who's writing what? Yeah, you know. uh, people uh, don't realize, man. Like uh, big songs, man. There might be four writers, five writers on that shit. It ain't one dude writing all that shit. You know, don't get me wrong. There's some fucking exceptional writers out there. there but are, yeah. when you see these songs. Because I've wrote songs before a little bit, not not on this level, but I'll look at, I'm curious, I'll, I'll go look, I'll want to see who wrote it, I won't know the names, but I just want to see if the artist wrote it, you right. know, I don't, I haven't looked at Morgan Wallen, is he writing his shit? Um, some of it, yeah, yeah, no, he's got, like, another thing, he's got a, the best writers on stage. When that, when you're big like that, right, everybody wants you to push their song, right? Yeah. So and, 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 and I've been on those rights, and I've been with some of the best writers where it's like, you walk in the room, it's like, I like Ford trucks, a whiskey. We got a song for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like Tim. Yeah, yeah. I like, like alcohol crazy. and breathing oxygen. <laughs> They're like, I got a song. <laughs> I just wrote it <laughs> in my head. Your name's on it. Boom. There you go. And and I swear to God, that's how it works. And and I've talented motherfuckers. Uh. So good, man. And mm. you know, I I I feel very fortunate because I'm I'm able to go out and. You know, I'm independent, which I love because I'm stubborn, yeah. I'm stubborn as hell. Like I'm unworkable. Like you just a publicist hates. I hate my publicist hates me, and they can't work with me. I'm like I'm not gonna do what you told me to do because I just like I'm, 
I worked during the day too. I was like, I'm not coming home to do that. And then hanging out with the kids and then going to play a gig. I just, I just, I don't know. I put myself in a weird, busy environment where it's like, I want you to do that for me. Don't me, you know, I, I hired you to, you know, do certain things. Cause I'm, I'm hard to work with for a publicist and, and even for like a label, you know. What's yeah, your but. overall kind of perception of the Nashville scene? Did you have a good time? Was it was it a good thing? Do you yeah. prefer just being out here doing your thing? Um, I think it was for me. I didn't move to Nashville soon enough. Like I'd been playing for about five years, and I've already kind of built this kind of like kind of a following and kind of a band and how to make a little bit of money doing it, and then to go over there and absolutely scratch make twenty five bucks a night. You know what I mean? Damn, and, and not even be able to, you know, and then trying to figure out some, how to pay my my rent there. And, you know, I was valeting cars. I valeted cars mainly full time. Whoa. And then I played at night. And and I think if I did that, like, let's say I, I quit moto and went moved to Nashville at like maybe 21, played a couple years, moved there at 21, I, who knows what happened. But Yeah. Um, You'd have been right there on the scene. Huh? Uh, it, you know, if that, I probably, I don't know drank too much or did something stupid or hell I might have made it who knows no one knows but I think I for me I moved there too late because I was already like headstrong and like no I this is what I do this is my sound this is I'm a, I was already stubborn and picky and and kind of like an old soul like no nah, I'm just doing this who uh, were the big artists when you were there uh Easton Corbin was a good one Joe Nichols was was still banging at that time um John Party was on the scene he was on the scene back then yeah um, Craig Campbell, there, there was a handful of guys, and I still like them, and they're still putting out pretty good records, but they they had already hit at that time, where they can, you know, I, I, I always felt those guys are still in it, like, they still love the music that I love, granted, they might throw a song in there that's like, what the fuck is that, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, they have to play the game, because they are on a label, they are with a team that trying to make some money behind them, and, you know, everything they do is, someone's got to get a piece of it, you know, so... So what, what age are you in Nashville? I'll let you go next. Um, I was uh, 22. No, sorry. 23 and 24 is when I was there. And you should have been there sooner, you say? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy because that seems really young to me. Yeah. That'd be like if Nanny told me, I'm, I'm going to fucking Nashville to try to make it big. I'd be like, well, fuck, this is a good start. You're 23, you're young, but I guess that's not young in the it's music not. business. It huh? ain't. Wow. I'm old. I'm 34. I'm old. I'm done. I'm done on music business. You're only 34. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I feel very fortunate though, because you know, I I make more money than my guys that are signed are making right now. So I can go yeah. out and play a gig and you know bring home a, a nice chunk and put that in my pocket and pay my guys a good salary and whatever. They're, I got a good band that's with me and you know these the record labels just kill them. And you know, eventually yeah. they might they might be the John Parties and more yeah. eventually, but who knows. If they get shelved, it can't be everybody, right? No. It's like fucking hitting the lotto within that little world. No. What was that Nashville party scene like? Uh, it was. I had a girlfriend at the time. Always had a girlfriend there at the time. But it's just like they like like I've been pulled over a bunch of times. There's a bunch of stupid stories about that. But um, the cops there, they like musicians. They're like, all right, you've been playing over here. Okay, cool. Yeah, get home. And but I didn't party crazy. I had, I had to go make a living and figure out how I was going to pay that rent while I was living there. Um, cause I didn't have those gigs, but uh, you're like, are you hitting parties? Maybe, maybe you're not 
like uh like going overboard in the party scene but are you hitting these country like there there got to be like the country scene not everybody way. fucking parties you know what like there wasn't Jay. that but what i'm getting at is how many pair of underwear did you get thrown <laughs> on the stage at? that's what we're getting at here no there there's a uh it didn't really hit when i was there like nowadays you can go like i go to crs this country radio seminar every year and i go there and my publicist gets me a spot and i go there and i hang out with every single person in the business Every ra- I sit in a room like this and I talk to radio stations and podcasts and I do all kinds of stuff for them. And it's like there's hotel parties with, with this guy. There's John parties over there doing a party over there and you got to know the right person. And I know the right people now to get in all those parties, but it's like back in the day I didn't yeah. know any of that stuff. And I didn't really think that was going on like it is now. Um, it's just a different scene. There's a different, different aspect to it. It's like it's back in the day it was like you – you learn to write songs, you learn how to play, you put a band together, you go, out t- you go out and work your ass off playing this shitty bar for three or four years. Now it's like, all right, how many followers can you get on TikTok? And <coughs> let me get you to t- get like a few more followers and then I'll talk to you to this guy and you'll be signed right then. Yeah. And it's just like. Nashville's kind of blown up. Country is kind of blown up. I feel like it's like, I don't, I don't know, like McGraw and them were doing their thing. Isn't right? it the number one selling music in America or maybe even the world is fucking country music? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just there's so many different, like the whole, I don't know what's the new guy's name, the beard, fuck, I, I know his name. but Anthony, Ol- or Oliver yeah, Anthony. Anthony. Great song. Cool. It seems like cool. That's cool old school country though, right? No, it's not. That's not, that's not country music, but I, I, I understand. That's more folk, right? Yeah, it's just like Americana kind of. Yeah. Uh, I heard yeah. that shit doing, and, and it was like everybody was losing it. And I was like, "Damn, man! I feel like that—that's well, like old school shit that people weren't even listening to anymore." But everybody it embraced it, 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 it and lost their mind. It's got flavor. It's got you know, it, it's real. It's from the heart. It's yeah, yeah, a message, right? It's it, and that's cool. I, I, I love all music. Um, it's just I, there's no place for a guy like me anymore. There just isn't, except for going out and playing and try to make a living and building a fan base you know there's guys like mark chestnut that have you know 14 15 number one hits those are 90s guys that can't even go out and fill a theater anymore that's like, crazy and then you got these with one hit wonder guys that come out every month a new guy and then they'll, they'll be gone what do you think of, what do you think but of like tyler childers i'm not a fan but he's really he got a, a crazy big following fuck i'm a huge fan of that dude Uh, how long has childers been around he's been around a long time yeah i've been i've been listening to him since about fuck 2012 2013 fuck bro i thought you just started listening to this dude we were listening to him in the gym back in the fucking like 2012 i never even heard of this dude's name until two years ago yeah well there's these like vibe moments that people like hit and yeah and just like you know kicks ass on that stuff but like you know Tyler Childers has been around for a long time. He's got a, he's got something. You know, definitely yeah. around. He can fill he can fill a venue anywhere. Oh man, I was like, at, I saw him a couple uh, months ago at Greek Theater, man, and he yeah. just fucking. And I saw him before at like the Fox in Oakland, and right. the fucking dude just killed it to me. I mean, it, definitely probably my favorite country artist. Yeah, he's badass. Who, who do you yeah. listen to? Who are your favorite artists? Do you listen to any new school shit? Uh, there, yeah, there's guys that you never you probably never will hear of, but like Zach Top. Um, uh, Jake Worthington, uh, Kevin Denny. I mean, these are guys. How do you know of the? How do you know of this music? They're in, they're just in a scene that you know I, that I'm in. It's like all them people and that they're like signed. By the way, they're like they're signed artists, but they're they're never gonna get that. They're never gonna get shoveled into the mix. 
that's like a it's like a which the music you listen to is like a subculture of a culture music like you see that big in the punk rock world where like people come out and they got all these obscure bands that I've never heard of but those but those bands are killing it in that that little subculture of punk or whatever it is you know what I mean right so we're not in that well, scene so we don't know it's the same thing it's like if, if you're like a rap artist there's like oh yeah me I don't like know anything about rap but like I can talk to somebody who's like that's not rap oh, it's a rap song like, no it's it's not. That's yeah, this is a rap song. This isn't, and I don't really know what that is. But it, country music is so like it, it shouldn't be <laughs> like broken up. Like, like I'm a country artist. Like a guy like Zach Top or Jake Worthington, they're a country artist. Like, you know, uh, Tyler Childers, he's not a country artist. What would you consider him? Uh, he's folk, Americana, indie, indie. You know, that, that's a trip that you say that because. When I first heard this Oliver Anthony come out with this song, I got a Tyler Childers vibe from it. Same, yeah, same, yeah. same genre, same, yeah. same feel. And then the same thing that goes with like, like Zach Bryan. He's not a country artist, not even close. Man, I fucking uh, love Zach Bryan, bro. He's <laughs> killing cool. it right he's got now. The vibe. I wish I would have caught him in Oakland. The yeah. fucking guy is fucking. I mean, does he write all that? Uh, he's a big writer, yeah. Yeah, they, like I heard he does some like poetry and shit. Who's too. that? The Orange? Yes, yeah. Into yeah. the Orange. Yeah. What is the name something of the song? Orange, right? something, yeah, it's something yeah. in the Orange. It's a fucking it, that dude, man. He's got to me like if you go through his library of shit, that dude's got a fucking ton of good songs. So how do you listen to your people? You go on the the artists that you like. You 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 go on Apple Music and they all have their own Spotify and iTunes, just like I do. Yeah, and I just know that group. Um, a lot of them, like th there's a, there's a group in Nashville that are the guys who produce Straight and Alan Jackson and all those guys, and they're producing guys still that are doing that. Like William Michael Morgan and Zach Top and those guys, those are all the producers that produce Straight and Jackson and all those guys. But obviously nothing's going to be on the radio. Yeah. But they're still producing that music, and all those. And that's that's a big thing for me. It's like I know those guys, and that's like I've made it in, in my world. Like I'm, yeah. I've got the music I want to hear. I'm, I'm with my heroes that cut all those. I'd like to. I'd like songs. to hear some of that music you um, listen to. I have to fucking write down those things. I love looking up new artists and listening to their music. Shit. That's how I found fucking Tyler Childers and, and that Zach fucking Bryant. Like, yeah. four, five years ago, Zach Bryant, nobody knew who the fuck he was. Now he's blowing up right now. Right. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's one guy that, that's really doing it right now. It's Cody Johnson. Cody, Cody Johnson, Johnson is dope. Well, that's a country artist right there. That, yeah, that's Cody Johnson is What's his songs? Yeah. I don't even know his name. Um, well, he's <laughs> he's got a catalog bigger than that. You guys have never heard it before, but there's one song, uh, Till You Can't, number one country song there is. You know that um, one. Yeah. I think I know that uh, one, yeah. On My Way to You. And th those are his only mainstream songs, but he's had he's a Texas artist, so Texas has their own scene. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those guys I like are from the Texas scene, like Ran Randall King. Um, what about Cody Jinks? He's a Texas guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not really like country though. You know what I mean? How do those it, guys act about you being a California country? Yeah, or like uh, some it, it's it's not a good vibe. No, no, like, not like California's it. not country. Well, it, it's it's just the Texas scene. Texas scene. If you're not from Texas, oh well, yeah, Texas Texas people there. are weird anyway about it. They think you know it all began and ends in fucking Texas. Yeah, Texas people think very highly of themselves yeah. and, and and everything. Sure. I mean, there, there are certain scenes. I mean, I've played in Texas many times. Everything was great. And I played with a Texas artist here, like Cody Johnson. We've done a few shows together. And it's like, well, he's a cool guy, but he, there's, there's something there. A like little bit of after, arrogance, after maybe. I, I'm Texas. And well, that's yeah. That's a big thing. 100%. I mean, the guy can be arrogant if he wants. He's so damn good. He can do that. But there's certain guys that really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> be, <laughs> They're be playing. That way, but, um, so, so you um, said Cody Jinx wasn't country. What do you consider him? 
What class does he fit? Uh, he's kind of outlaw. <laughs> he's kind of outlaw country, I guess. I mean, you know, when so I think you even break that down. When you break down no, country, I shouldn't and have to. It's outlaw country. <laughs> It's like, but there's always been that kind of thing though, like country and like right now. Country. I'm not country. I'm like your country, bro. I know I am. No, your country, but like bro. someone wouldn't put me in in Morgan Williams category. That's country. That's not like it's genres uh, changed. Yeah, it's like so sh- all the record labels in that are you know Scott Brachetta's and and all those guys that are running all these record labels, they're not from the country genre anymore. They're <laughs> L.A. cats that. You know, when when you talked about like when you said uh, that Oliver Anthony and the uh, the Tyler Childers weren't country. And they're folk. I definitely I love got what the, they do. I, I definitely got the folk. I thing listen out to that shit it. all day. Yeah, it's good yeah, music. Yeah, it's good music, yeah. man. And, and and to think that you know people don't think that that's country because I thought it was country, sure. but it's I also crazy. knew that there was a folk aspect to it too. But that's a trip, man. Like how 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 far it's broken down into like I said, these subcultures of country are just so many categories. Like I think a real country. I think a Conway Twitty, George Strait, yeah, Taylor Swift. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brought me to my next question. I was going to ask him, what do you think about women country artists? And do you think that they have um, the same chances as men? Or do you think like it's mm. a little different, better, tougher, harder? Is it? Tough. Are uh, there any real country female artists? Good ones. Name one. Very good. May Estes. Never uh, heard of her. She's so freaking good. What about this uh, chick? She's. I think she's getting kind of big. She's out of uh, Kentucky, like Taylor Austin Dye or something like that. You know, there's so many girls in town. I'd like show. to fucking so spank her. I'd like to Megan play her Maroney. guitar. Yeah. Huh? I thought you were going to say Megan Maroney because you were talking. No, no. So yeah. There, yeah, I, I was trying to think well. of some of the like the ones that Lil listens to. I know she listens to Megan Maroney and Delaney something or another. Yeah. Casey Musgraves is pretty good. Oh, Casey Musgraves, I've definitely she's heard. She's on the edge, though. I mean, like she she started out as a, like a traditional country girl. Oh, this girl's freaking good. Um, and then she's making her way into there. And she's made a lot of music with a lot of people. Yeah, I see her on a bunch of songs, man. Like I, I go down the rabbit hole in the fucking YouTube and shit. And like, if you're listening to this, it'll take you here and it'll take yeah. you here. And then Casey Musgraves, I had to look her up. I thought it was a fucking dude at first, and <laughs> on a ton of fucking songs. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's a ton of guys that, a ton of girls I listen to that, you know, are in those, like, Dylan Carmichael, this dude out of Nashville, he's fucking amazing, um, just signed with this independent, you know, agency. Dylan Carmichael? Dylan Carmichael. Not very Bad country, dude. like, Buck Ford? That's fucking that's country, That's as country but. as it gets <laughs> I mean, come right on, there. man. I, mean, I, I swear to God. Like, that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a great handle. Uh, yeah. You don't make it with Buck Ford. What the fuck is yeah, going bro, on, man? You man. would suck if you don't Yeah, I thought you he was going to be in a Buck goddamn Ford, uh, movie or something. Right. And Buck uh, Starr. You, know, like you know how in uh, Talladega Nights it's uh, Ricky Bobby and shit? <laughs> that, that's like, you're like, that sounds like a race car driver's name. Yeah, you think Buck country Ford, music? that's country Buck singer. Ford, it's like, that's it, man. So. What inspires you to continue to make music? Um, uh, I, I still got a lot of hope. For country music, especially like I said, I mentioned a couple guys like Zach Top and like Jake Worthington. Those guys are like still. Those two, those are two names I got to write down. I want to check them out. So I'm sure there's YouTube shit, right? Oh yeah, everything. I'll go down the rabbit hole great, tonight. They have a great everything. Social media, everything's good on it. But um, I just I love the music. I, I hate everything else that I hate the music business. So there's what you have to do. Yeah. To be an artist, I, I just I can't stand it. Especially for me, it doesn't work. You know, I had businessman. I got big old family and 
just busy, you know, and I just, I play a lot. I play a lot of shows. I'm never really home to, like, do something on social media and be a part of, like, publicity and things like that. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I, I just love the music. I mean. But you're not going to blow nobody to fucking. <laughs> no. <I'm not> <laughs> no, you know, I've had, I had. Plenty of opportunities. Right, right, right. Do they? I don't know what I would have done in that situation. We thought that was an LA. We thought that was a Hollywood thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fuck. That shit's everywhere, bro. Yeah, there's there's been some dirty deals thrown at me, and luckily with the right attorney, I was like, oh shit, yeah, it's a good thing I hired you because I would have been fucked for about six years, not been able to do anything. But uh, no, just just being able to, you know. Like I said, it's going back to those guys that I'm like I'm a part of, like those guys that produce big producers and writers that still are around town that basically made Nashville what it is, that are still cutting songs and pitching songs to me, you know, that wrote for Straight and all those guys. Dope shit. Um, so I'm sure that there's artists out there that are that are fucking disgusted with Nashville, right? Oh, because that that that's a that's a yeah. that's a weird scene, man. I, I would imagine being in country music that. Everybody's like clawing their way to the top, or like Cut I said, back, back door blowing, and you know, just all the fucking bullshit that goes with like Hollywood and all nasty that. ass groupies. God, and shit. I hate oh, nasty groupies. Throwing yeah. their that's not why I got their in this. panties on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> all good looking, and oh, shit. Yeah. I hate when that happens. And the shitty thing about like lower going back to lower Broadway is like there's no one coming down from the record labels to find somebody. Really? They're not doing that. That's shocking, man. Cause yeah. like I like like fuck. I, I thought that's where you got right. Down. Exactly. Like I man, I used to be. Yeah. Alan Jackson. Fucking, like, like Alan Jackson era. That's where he blew up. That's like the last of it. Like really? back in the day, you moved to Nashville. You did you, a gig. What do you think about Alan Jackson? Oh, he's legend. Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking one of the greats. He's dope. Favorite yeah. country artist now, right now. Oh, uh, right now. Yeah. And, and then Daryl Singletary. Who? Hands down, Daryl Singletary. See, that's another word. We got to look him up. Know. How about uh, somebody we would know? Joe Diffie. Joe Diffie. Oh, Joe How about Diffie. somebody we would know even more? <laughs> than, than Mr. Diffie. <laughs> I know Joe Diffie. I know Joe Diffie. He wants an answer like Tim McGraw. <laughs> no, somebody. What do you oh, think of Chris honestly, Stapleton? Honestly, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for like George Strait. Obviously, he's I love George Strait. The King. Strait, the King. That's everyone's favorite. George Strait's badass, but performance-wise, that dude is My like, mom thought he's he was. come he's out in a poncho and kick it on a stool. They can sit there and do what he does and sell out a the, uh, you know, stadium. Yeah. And my mom he thought he was hot. <laughs> he can do that. Oh. Your favorite George Strait song? Ooh. Ah. The Fireman? Okay. No, no. Amarillo by Morning. No, no. Those are two of the worst songs he ever did. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like Nobody in His Right Mind. What's up there? That's fucking there phenomenal. Me. There's two of them, bro, that this dude, I remember thinking, who the fuck wrote this? Like, these motherfuckers were on another level when they wrote this shit. Gene Dillon. She looks so good in love, and nobody, oh, in his, and nobody in his right mind would have left her. Th- those two songs are, like, two of my favorite songs ever, any genre. Yeah. But who wrote that? Dean Dillon. That dude's phenomenal. What about that? What about that one song where he's like at a phone booth and like his girl breaks up or leaves and shit? And it's like one of those. Seashores of Old Mexico. Is that what it is? Sure. Oh, it's fucking. It's an it's amazing Merle song. Merle Merle. Oh, Merle. Is a California guy, right? Shasta County. Shasta. Yeah. Wow, oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah. Old Haggard. I saw yeah. her. Haggard was the first concert I ever went to, and the guy in front of me was had a walker. What is your favorite song that you've ever wrote? And when you write these songs, are you getting them from like your daily life, or is it kind of just like you creating? 
your own um, fantasy almost. All, all different. I mean, there's no rules to songwriting. I mean, I there's been songs I, I had like a, a riff in my in my guitar and just hanging in there, and I just kind of made some lyrics around it. Uh, and there's songs that I'd like driving, and I, I have a hook where it's like, her high heels, my cowboy boots. All right. Nice. What can I do with that? I like it already. One of my favorite ones I've written. Um, just meet in the city, girl in a bar. My country ass drunk. Meet this. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen um, it. And it's not my wife, by the way. It's a song about my wife. Um, it's called Her High Heels, My Cowboy Boots. I wrote that back in 2016. Sounds right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, favorite song back, favorite song that you wrote? That one. Is it? Yeah. I just, it, it's just, oh, it's fun to sing for me, and it's just got a cool story. Um, like, uh, that song I just played earlier was probably another one of my favorites. That's I, badass. I, that was I, great. Yeah. I wrote that with Zach Top, that guy I've been telling yeah, you about. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and that's, that's uh, going back to, like, I feel like I've made it, because I've written writing with guys that, like, those guys are my heroes. Those guys are, like, Doing all this cool stuff, and Zach Top's a guy a little bit older than me, but he's doing it right now. He's playing Good the music him, that maybe. I do, and he's living he's off just, it. He's just running, running around with it. Where's he from? Uh, he's from Washington originally. Really? Yeah, he lives in Nashville now. But if you could write a song for any artist, who would it be? Cody Johnson. If Cody Johnson's gonna cut it. It's gonna go somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Even if it didn't go anywhere, just like dream artist to mm. write for that's tough Cody's one of my top artists I mean yeah. I, I, I'm going back to guys like you know Jake Worthington and, and Zach Top those are guys I gotta, that I like yeah we'll I'm get gonna, a list yeah, of I'm, names I'm so I could throw it up in yeah, the so. in the uh, Pandora I do Pandora I'll just pick a song and then I let Pandora take it from there yeah yeah there's guys that you know back in you know, the early 2000s that had record deals and they had singles out and stuff like, you know, guys like me that are doing it back then that are still writing songs for all the people that you hear now that you would never know, you know, that, you know, guys like Kevin Denny, amazing, one of the best singers in town, hands down. A um, friend of mine, he wrote, written a bunch of songs with me, written a bunch of songs for my records, but uh, he writes a bunch of stuff that you hear on the radio, you, you never probably would know it, but, really? um, you know, guys like that that, I feel blessed. I feel like I made it. Like I know those guys, and I write songs. Yeah, that's so. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's all I care about. It's like, what was the artist name that you mentioned before? Dean Dillon or what? Uh, Dean Dillon's one of my favorite, favorite writers. Yeah, and he's uh, he's basically wrote sixty percent of George Strait's songs. Wow. Really? George Strait's not a writer. He's just an artist. Yeah. See, I um, didn't even know that. I thought he wrote some of that shit. Well, you know what? And that's when music was good because music. Back in the day, there's a there's someone there's someone that writes a song. That's what they do for a living, right? They know how to craft a song. And they know how to and there's artists that know how to pick a song. Guys like you know Jackson and Strait and all those guys that you know all those big famous songs you heard even rock and roll and all that stuff. There was a songwriter that did those, and then there was an artist or a band that cut them, and that's when music was like its best. You know, because there's guys that it's like a culmination, huh? It's like a you're bringing together like the best of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, like George like Strait ain't a good songwriter, but the motherfucker's gonna kill it. I don't think he's ever written a song. Yeah, ever. Wow. Like I wonder about that with Morgan Wallen. Like I think about Morgan Wallen, but you you said he wrote. I was wondering. I was thinking. I bet this dude don't even write. Well, but don't he just to. knows how to kind of turn out some. He's gonna take your lyrics and and like make them what they should be. You sure. know what I mean? He's and gonna 
together your lyrics and him singing it is going to be a great... That's the most important part, yeah. 100%. And that's why... But it, it, it's hard, though, now because it's like with all the streaming platforms, it's so hard for like the song, like Dean Dillon, like you know, all the songs that he wrote for George Strait. Dean Dillon's multi, multi-millionaire just off being a songwriter. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you get a, you get one cut on a George Strait record, sells a million copies, right? Um, nine cents a song. So that was on a million cuts. So I think that songwriter is going to get back, you know, 75 grand for that one song. He might have, and Dean Dillon had like 10 per record. So imagine that. That's physical cuts. Yeah. Uh, and a songwriter does not get a check like that anymore. They get, they get pennies. So they fractions have to, of a cent yeah, they have to do stream. more. They're going to, I've always kind of wondered that too. Like if you're a brilliant songwriter and you're like, uh, you brought up Stapleton. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck was Stapleton? Like you hear Stapleton perform and you're like, why in the fuck went and he had just been performing that shit to begin with? Like this motherfucker's talented on both ends. What do you think of Chris Stapleton? Oh, he's good. Yeah. Real good. Um, there's this one video I watched and I forgot the name of the song, but he says that he wrote this song for Kenny Chesney and it bought him his first house. Yeah. And I thought that was one song bought him a fucking home. In his time, you could do that. All those songwriters, you know, they they owe up to one of their songs that paid for their house. Yeah. It was a Kenny Chesney Um, song that he wrote. So if he was around then, oh yeah, he was still around when they were actually selling physical cuts of an album or a CD or or a dollar twenty nine on iTunes, where like the yeah. songwriters getting, you know, a good cut of that per song. That they're getting, sucks. They're getting fractions of a cent now. So if you want to make a little bit of money, like you got to have someone's billion streams, one of those billion stream overnight kind of songs, to like make a few grand for a songwriter. And now there's like four or five songwriters fuck, per song. Oh, so you're getting so, so you're chopping that up. You just, you just have to just write and write and get your hands in everything. Like back in the day, there's. There was guy, two or three guys per song, and they were able to actually make a good living. Like I said, yeah. buy their house off a song because mm-hmm. that's what they, that's what happened back then. You would get a check for 250k for a platinum record. What do you think of a kidney, Kenny Chesney? Oh, he's he's done his thing. He used to be really really good. Yeah. Uh, he has some good music. Yeah, yeah. Kenny Kenny's great. He's been there, done it all. His first two records, I grew up on those. Some really cool stuff on that. But you know he's he's a what's that? No shirt, no shoes, no, just before sandals. Me before that, <laughs> before that on that was like 2000. I'm talking like 95, 96. There's a couple records out. One called Me and You, and another one called Living High on Someone Else's Hog or something. But it's some good, <laughs> good stuff on there. What about um, McGraw? Did you like McGraw back in the day? Uh, some of his stuff. Yeah, he had some some. Like don't take the girl and what that not? that era was good. Yeah, he yeah. had some pretty cool stuff on that. He never really was a singer, but. He, he didn't, you know, he was he's fun. a good actor, dude. He, he's a star. He's a fucking star. Yeah. Yeah. That dude can He's a brand. Act. He's, he's got a shit. Yeah. yeah, he's got a figure. Like, out. sometimes I hate it when people try to take, like, if they're an athlete and they try to get into acting or they're a singer and they get into that, and you're like, bro, like, stick, like, Dan Marino. Remember this motherfucker trying, like, bro. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> remember him in Ace Ventura? Yeah, that was like, great. Like, this motherfucker hey. just, he couldn't do it, bro. No. The dude could not <laughs> act. It's like, stick to throwing footballs. But I guess when you can't do that anymore, you got to do some. But, man, some... Some people can't cross over. Tim McGraw, that motherfucker Crossed acts. Crossed over well. Dude, he acts, and you're like, this dude is an actor, man. Yeah, some guys have it. Do you ever get stage fright? Uh, I only get stage fright if it's a small show. Like, that show you guys came out to a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I thought it was gonna, dude. I thought it was gonna be more like the Mayfair type thing. So we walk up I, in there. I had no idea what was gonna. I mean, I knew it wasn't gonna be great. It was a last minute thing, and I was just like, oh, gonna, but always those local shows, and there, I know there's not gonna be a lot of people there. Those are the worst ones for me. It's like, it's like the bigger the audience, the more. Oh you yeah, I don't care. You can, the more, I had a great time. The more there is, it's the easier it is. It's just like built in uh, energy. You know your shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a really good time at that show, man. No, and I, I did too. It actually turned out better than I thought it would, even though it wasn't like crazy. But uh, stage fright, no. How about Tootsie's? Your first time in Nashville playing at Tootsie's? No. You was good. That was fine. That's bar gig. And your good bar gigs, it's like bunch of drunk well, if I'm playing a bar gig now I'm just like pissed off like what the fuck am I doing there <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the biggest venue you ever played uh shoot we do some good ones every year we played uh, uh Eagle Rodeo a few weeks ago in Colorado uh there was 10,000 nice had, uh, rodeo stands and they all come out for the show where's, right where, what's what's something you you would like to play where's some place that um, like Red Rock or something. Oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, those places are cool. Um, I like the theater. Like the outdoor stuff is is not great. You have a ton of slapback and it just sounds like shit. Crowd's cool because it's there and it's like it's just gonna be fun no matter what. But I like the Fox Theater kind of stuff. Oh, that, so do I. Um, it, the best sounding rooms. You Man. can play that room to what it is. Get the best sound and ha- you and your band can have the best time. Yeah, that, that's I feel a great like the venue. fans get a good show too in spots like Always that. Better. Man. When it's Always smaller better like that. Kind of yeah. I hate the big shows. Like yeah. we yeah, went so in, do I. They never saw sound good. Kid Rock at what what is that spot up there? That fucking one that, uh, it's not that far from here, but it feels like you gotta drive a fucking day and a half. Yeah, Wheatland. Yeah, that god awful fucking that place sounds like shit. Dude, and, and it, it fucking takes, hotter than a cocksucker in that fucking Like you thing. can't get in and out of this shit. It's like uh, I don't know. You know, Kid Rock, bro. That dude put. He's a. The dude puts on a show, yeah, dude. Showing, he's yeah, playing he's a bunch bro. of fucking different instruments. He's getting wild on the stage, you know. And yeah. I was like, I didn't have. I that. saw him in Mountain View, and I was actually impressed by the dude. Like, I mean, he played guitar, he played piano, he fucking played the Got drums, on the, the ones guitar, and twos, and he fucking was fucking on the fucking turntables. I was like, God damn, this do boy. You, do you like to drink when you perform? Uh, always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't play a show without drinking. It loosens you up a little bit, get you in the get right frame of mind. Up. Yeah, no, I mean, back in the day, I used to go a little too much. Yeah, a little too That hard, was my next question. I was going to say, have uh, you ever got too drunk where you were like, what the fuck am I doing? Big time. Oh, yeah. The next day, the band's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, there's having fun. All okay. <laughs> and then there's and where you was at. Did. Yeah, then there was where you was at last night. It's not the same thing. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's weird. I, there was a time in my life where it's like I never played a, a show sober. Like I was like, he's either completely slammed, like before I went on the stage. Um, I remember because back in the day, my dad used to come out to every show. I'm talking like six, seven years ago. He'd video every show, and I, I like, I, we played actually we played our Deville in Vacaville one year, and it was like one of our bigger years. And I remember being so, it was my birthday, actually my birthday weekend. I remember being, like, I was com- like the band was playing an intro show, and I was like, I tripped down the stairs coming down. <laughs> I, <swear to> God. <laughs> yeah. I was so fucked up. And then uh, I remember the first two songs of the night, and walking out and doing the first two songs, completely shut shut off after that. 
And I remember calling my dad, like, hey, did you get all that on video? He's like, oh, yeah, Sarah sounded great last night. I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> and then I, I got to a point where it's like, man, am I just a, a functioning fucking sh- alcoholic like this? Like, that's, that's not good. I was completely slammed. My band yeah. was like, you guys fucking killed it last night. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I don't remember the second song. We did. Wow. Did like, you watch it? I did. I was like, hey, Dad, you got footage of that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, I just want to check it out. And, you know, I knew there's some things in there, but it's just like, I guess how was it? How was I you the watching show? the drunk you? I, I mean, I was, I'm critical, critical. Every, every bit of it, but I was just like, yeah, no one, no You're one, like, holy no shit. one knew but me. You're like, holy shit. Drunk um, blackout me. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is, is laughs> still okay. I got really worried at that point. This, this was probably, I was like 27, 26, 27, where I was really going hard. Um, and and I, th- this is just one show that I remember doing that. Uh, I remember I was was on like a five day run, and then we had a um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we were in SoCal on Saturday. Had to be up early for a show on on uh, Sunday, like midday, um, on the river in Sacramento. And I remember being like sick, and I was taking a bunch of Vicodin. I, I had like pulled something in my leg, and I took a bunch of Vicodin, and of course I, I was hungover from the night before. And then I just like got to the show. I was like, "Sound check's done. Let's go." And then, not realizing that I took a Vicodin, like I started drinking. And then like, "Fuck, man, my head's all fucking weird. I gotta take." Some. I took like an ibuprofen, uh, two ibuprofen, and I was just like, I had walked upstairs at the band play, and I grabbed it, came back on, and I was like, "Whoa, something happened." And then like that one time, my guitar player was like, "Dude, what did you take yesterday?" I was fucking. I mean. You you killed it. You did everything until like the last song, and then you're like, okay, this guy's fucking gone. <laughs> and I, but I got through the show, and uh, it's so funny. I left my guitar there that night. I just bought a brand new Guild, not that one, but another one. I remember I left it there, <laughs> and then I had to have my guitar player go pick it up the next morning because I left like my my inner system and my my wireless shit all sitting there and my guitar. Um, in the case, but sitting on the side of the stage. And luckily, I knew the sound guy's like, hey, you don't have to your shit here. And here. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and I didn't get it that night because I got the message the next day. I'm like, fuck, shit. I just felt like a bag of shit. But <laughs> I, I was doing that for a good a good while. That shit's hard to do back to back. Like, I, I mean, I don't know about perform. I'm just talking about drinking. Like, just for me, like, I think of, like, fire school and shit where it's like where we go for a week and you party every night is fucking dude that shit <laughs> it accumulates so and and dude to be performing on top of that at some point you're just fucking hurting you're not feeling it and nah, it's like, so you get help oh. for that man like i used to always keep helping my, my yeah yeah i think that. everybody gets help you for know, that keep right? a little jet fuel in that motherfucker. I, I feel like you get in the entertainment world man when you get these little crutches man whether it be vicodin or fucking the booze or ron's favorite crutch whatever it may be yes. man you're you're gonna be taking some because you just can't do that shit night in and night like these people who go on these big world tours who are just at it, it's I don't think people really like take into account how much that fucking is, man. Like that gotta be a toll. No, it's tough. And then like now it's like it's like we're let's say we're playing somewhere and like it's like we're five days in, I'm like, fuck man. Hung over from the night before, drank too much that night, didn't plan on it, but I did. 
I'm like, you got to play a show in an hour. So you start drinking again to like feel better. And I don't really do anything else. I've tried other stuff, but I don't really want to get crazy yeah. with it. I just I don't blame not me. not in the time and place now. It's like I don't really want to touch any of your stuff. It's gonna make you get yelling good. Right. Um, I don't mess with that stuff. I'm too scared. But uh, you know, now it's like you know, I get in like the vibe. It's like fuck, man. I miss my family. I got yeah. Home. What am I doing? Uh, I'll be home in like three days, and I gotta go to work in the morning. And it's just like fuck, I'm hungover. I gotta play <laughs> a show. I gotta play a ninety minute show for all these people. Let's you're thinking, up, guys. yeah. Let's you're just, just go. Like, it, let's let's have a good time. Let's make make it fun. Like last night was great, and you know, so we still do all that. Yeah, it's you got to talk yourself into that shit. Uh. I kind of like, yeah. I, I hurt now. Like back in 25, 26, when I was really doing, I was like, fuck, I can just go. Yeah. Just need another drink. Yeah, huh? Just give me another drink. Oh. Let's get the party started again. Yeah, never stopped. Would you ever dabble into any other genre besides country? Uh, yeah. Like what? Uh, like uh, jazz and like big band stuff. Really? It'd be fun as hell. I like me. big band. Like like to go and do like, like swing Sinatra kind of thing. Yeah. Be fun as hell. Yeah, crooning. I dig that. Yeah, that's dope. I'm not. I like I'm that. gonna say I'm. I love that genre of music. I can dabble in it. Yeah, I like I like Frank Sinatra and all those guys. You know, yeah. Dean and. I never listened to him. Oh man, it's fucking great music, man. Never got into it. Like I can't even t- uh, tell you. A, I know the style, but I can't like. Tony tell you Bennett. I think know. Tony Bennett's Christmas album is one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. I fucking, I fucking love it, bro. And every Christmas, it I really gets sp- me going. It does. It gets <laughs> me in the spirit. I love Tony <laughs> Bennett. There, I I got some good Christmas. Re- I mean, not me, but I love Christmas time when it comes around because there's artists that put Christmas records out, and then, you know, not the standard Christmas songs, but they. Songs that are rewritten like in a good way, um, like fucking good. I have some like Joe Diffie has a fucking amazing Christmas album, uh, '90s country artist. And George Strait's got an amazing one. They're like they're none of the stuff you generic stuff. It's all special Christmas songs written in did, a certain way. Did Joe Diffie write John Deere Green? Was that um, Joe Diffie? Yeah, that's Joe Diffie. That um, was fuck. That's an amazing song. Joe wasn't a big writer. Um, he's just a fucking badass singer. Yeah. I mean, amazing singer. Great mullet. Um, <laughs> mullet. mullet. Amazing. Yeah. He didn't Amazing. sing as good as that mullet. No, fuck no. It's hard to, yeah. Uh, you can't, yeah. You can't. It's just, the thing I miss about like guys like that, it's just like they had a signature something. It's like now there's a template, but every artist has to fit in that template to be the cool guy or be the new thing. It's like there's like 10 Zach Bryan style guys right now. There's like in a ton of guys like that. Um, I like that old Zach Bryan shit, man. Yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's a vibe. That fool, they had like some good shit. Now there's like ten or fifteen guys that are in line just doing the same thing, stuff like that. It's like it's in right now. Yeah, yeah and, like, and how you say he's not country yet? That dude, he has a fade. His hair's faded up, and <laughs> who's I, mean, I think he just got Zach out of the Brown? Navy. Oh, Zach Bryan. Right. Zach Bryan. Yeah, he just got out of the Navy not too long ago, and. I mean, he looks like yeah. a. I would say, like I would Brown. say, like he looks yeah, like a rocker. Zach Brown. Yeah. I Zach, love Zach Brown's Brown. dope. Zach Brown throws an amazing show. On. Talented dude. I love Zach Brown. Yeah, he, he's good. Good. Yeah, they, yeah, they came we just out saw him in Oakland. Oh, huh? no, Nanny was there. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we saw him in Oakland. He was great. I've seen him a bunch of times. Every time he comes to town, I try to see him. Yeah, and that's another thing that um, we know some people that just went and seen. Is it Morgan Whalen? Morgan Wallen? Wallen. Wallen. Yeah. And Brian. And down in Arizona. Randy and Trev said that they were like surprised by his performance. They thought he was going to be more like, 
I guess, like, a better performer, and they said that it was lacking, like, a lot of... Some people, I don't think, yeah, I don't think some people realize, man, that, like... uh, He was probably on day five of a bender. (laughs) You could only hope. (laughs) I think he just has the songs, and he he just, you know, people come out to see that. I mean, you want to see a show, like, you go see Cody Johnson, like, that's a show. Not only is he, like, one of the best things right now vocally, like, there is... Just puts on like makes Garth Brooks look like a fucking George Strait. Wow, showman wise. What do you think of Garth, Garth Brooks? Garth's good. Yeah, he's changed the country music. Scene, yeah, he but, did. Um, Garth was hardcore on that performance end of it back in the day. Oh, yeah, um, no, Garth, that Garth, dude's late late eighties, early nineties. He's good. You, you just, he got he's weird though. Fucking that guy's weirdest dude. That's that's well. There a lot of people are talking about him. He's right like now. not right in the head. Yeah. Oh, is that right? They're yeah. saying he's very uh, liberal-minded and all this stuff. Oh, and yeah, he's I know one of the crazy, uh, crazy. the comedians keeps fucking with them about the missing people, and Garth Brooks is hella mad about it. Man. Oh, really? Yeah. The I, what the fuck is that comedian's name, man? I just watched this show about missing people. Yes, bro. There's a there there's like a thing about Garth people going to Garth Brooks concerts and coming up missing. What what is that? Fucking dude, I can't believe I can't think of this artist. I can't believe I've never heard of this. I've never heard of that actually either. Yes, dude. And this one particular comedian keeps kind of fucking with them about it. And Garth is like livid. Yeah. He ain't just like being like it's an outrageous thing to fuck with me about. He's like addressing it to Tom Segoro. Tom Segura. Yeah, that fucking. He's he, awesome. Yeah, he yeah, keeps fucking saying like people are coming up. Where are the bodies, Garth? <laughs> he keeps saying some shit like that. Where are the bodies, Garth, or some shit? And Garth is like, I don't think Garth Brooks is very like likable dude because I remember back in the day I heard that like, you know, Clint Black was excited to meet him and he kind of he like. He like fucking like almost blackballed him from some shit, man. I was like, man, Clint Black was cool. Well, Clint Black, when he came to the scene, he was like the Garth Brooks at the time. Right, and Garth and didn't like that. No, no. Oh, so it was like still in his oh, limelight. There's, a, there's a little enough bit. limelight for everybody, there man. Is. I'd be fucking juiced, you know. Clint came in hot. Yeah, he did. He in, and he Garth was like, wasn't having. Garth he was, was mad. Guy. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was going to be the spot super taken. Super good. I mean, he was. Yeah. He oh, was Clint good. Black was badass. Bad man. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude, if uh, you'd asked me, I'd have thought Clint came before Garth, but I don't know it's what. It's the same, same era. I mean, that late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, 89. Yeah. It was just a little too close on Garth's Hills to where he was fucking. I think Garth really hit it big. What was that? Was that Friends, Friends in Those Places? Yeah. That was 89. Absolutely. 89, right? Yeah. Yeah, 89. And like uh, Mark Chestnut cut that in 87. Really? Same song. And it didn't do anything with it. Didn't wow. Push, didn't push it as a single. I thought that was his um, like signature move. I mean, no, no, he, it, it, it had been done. Song. It just like Mark Chestnut cut it out for two years. Didn't go anywhere. Mark Chestnut pushed other big singles and made number ones with other ones, like old country and, uh, old flames and all that stuff at that time. Didn't even think about that friends in those places. And like 89, Garth's like, that's a, uh, I'm going to cut that thing. And just like blew up the scene. Killed it. That's killed a fascinating did, thing with, with music though, man, is covers in, uh, you know, people taking a song that a cover, they somebody else could do it. Like a lot of people don't even realize that a song they like, there it's a cover of another song. Like really hugely popular songs, sometimes people are like, you tell them, man, that's a cover of another song. They're like, wow. Like like right now, what's going on with that uh that uh fast car that Luke Combs yes, just exactly. did? Yes, exactly. And Tracy Chapman did it, and 
I mean, yeah. I'm tired Luke, of hearing him, bro. Comes, like, it's okay. Luke Combs does it good, but he's no fucking Tracy Chapman, and he's got way more re recognition for that song than I think probably she ever had. I'm but tired of him playing it. it. I'm though. like, that shit ain't all that. Like, why are they making this fucking... I, I also saw her at the Greek back in 89, 90. She was awesome. It's the same. I mean, you think of Chris Stapleton with that Tennessee whiskey. It's like. Yeah, that's been that done a million times. Fuck no. Fuck Who says that? David Fucking George. Uh, George Jones did jo it first, yeah. and David Allen Kill cut it made it the bigger hit. Yeah. Um, Fuck. I, I, all 50. this time, I thought it was Stapleton because the dude's such a good writer. I thought he that was his shit. No. Like, if I hear Stapleton do anything, I'm, I just assume he wrote it. I didn't realize. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about, though. It's incredible. I, I love it in a sense because. It shows you what other people could do with a, a song. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like Sinead O'Connor. Like that's weird to say. That's but a the, Prince song. Is yeah, her, her she. Most song I, is I don't Prince know. If cover. Prince even did it, but the uh, nothing, nothing compares, compares to you. you. That was a Prince song. I don't know if he put it out, but he did. Did he? Yeah. So it's just I love that man. Some about like how uh, a song could come out even with a good artist too. Yeah. Like it. I remember I saw Jamie Foxx do a cover of you look so good in love yeah. at at george Strait's. it was some kind of uh appreciation thing for george Strait, some artist of the decade or some shit or yes like did you see that oh yeah jamie fox killed it fucking i couldn't believe it <laughs> and i love that song by yeah. george Strait. No. i saw that shit and i was like damn jamie fox cleaned up george Strait on his own shit yeah but yeah. jamie fox he does that that imitating so well that he, so he does, but he wasn't he wasn't doing the Ray Charles emulating Man, George. He, he yeah, that. He yeah. He so he wasn't doing that, bro. He wasn't singing he "You Look So own. Good in Love." Yeah. He did a, his cover of that, that song, out. bro. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I gotta look that up. It's it's amazing. Like George was looking at that motherfucker. It, it panned over to George on that shit, and George was like, "This motherfucker just stole my song, man. <laughs> Get this oh, black motherfucker out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run him up out of here." It would have been huge. Fuck yeah. It was amazing. I love that shit though, man. Something about somebody turning out a cover. Some uh, or like you know, if you're watching these little fucking all these music shows now, the American Idol type things, like you'll see people. That's all they do is covers. They don't have their own shit, but just the way that they arrange it and do the cover, it's interesting. I like that shit. I've seen Post Malone do a Sturgill Simpson song, and. He, it, I don't think it was good as Sturgill Simpson, but he did a damn good job on a country song. Yeah, I think Post is fucking very talented guy. Yeah. I, I don't know much about him. I, I don't. He's in bro. He, Post is dope. dope. That dude's talented, I, I, man. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about Sturgill Simpson? Sturgill's good. Yeah, yeah I like he, Sturgill. He's a real deal. Yeah, yeah, I like that dude too. It's just you know, it's not gonna work for everybody. I mean, he's taking it back to the. 60s with Waylon style. I mean, it sounds just like Waylon. My favorite stuff he would do. My favorite country artist of it's all like time. Waylon? Like, yes, definitely. Yes, Waylon's awesome. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I probably have to go with straight. I was in thing. I was in Nashville and there was this fucking Waylon Jennings shirt, man. I think it was at the Country Music Hall of Fame gift shop, and I seen it. I was like, oh, I'm buying this motherfucker. I looked at the price tag. It was like 70 bucks. With a frayed neck T-shirt, <laughs> you're I, like nah. my dad instantly popped into my head and put that back. My dad would have slapped the fuck out of me for paying seventy bucks for a T-shirt. I think he wore it though, bro. <laughs> no, there was a yeah, gang. No, of them. Annie wiped his balls with it. You oh, I should have got it. Yeah, <laughs> you should have uh, bought that, bro. What do you think country music nowadays lacks, like compared to country twenty years ago? Uh, I, I going back to like there were, when there was a songwriter and when then there was an artist. 
cut songs. I think it definitely lacks. Uh, everything sounds, like you said, it's a template. Everything sounds so like it. it there's nothing that fits. In, uh, and if you're outside that template, like you're not going to be heard. You're not going to be in that group yeah. of people. And it's just like, I think that. Do you think it will go back? It like sounds the same to you, kind of. Like they're all following. Like is that why George Strait isn't played on the radio no more? Oh yeah, he doesn't have a chance. Yeah, and he's, he's fucked up, guy. dude. That's he's fucked up. Well, he's fine. I mean, yeah, he's got what sixty. <laughs> yeah, that 60 poor guy. He don't give a fuck. He that poor dude got ones, right? no money. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and then you got you know, I I don't know half these guys' names. I I just hear them and I, you can't really tell pick them apart. Like back in the day, going back to like Joe Diffie and Mark Chestnut, you just a second they open their mouth. Chestnut's got yeah. a new song, or, or you know, or Clint Black's got a new song, or you know, whoever. Oh, Clint Black, Nichols or any of those guys. I mean, there were so many. There were so many at that time too, and they were all different. They all had a place that you know no one could touch. No they had, yeah, it's they were like, making their own distinct sound. Now yeah. you, you're, it's like they're trying to all follow the same little fucking thing. It's like that. I just, I'm looking at it from like a rap perspective or some. It's like if. If somebody's successful in that, everybody that comes out after him sounds identical. Yeah, you got the mumble rap era, the fucking, that, that southern sound, you know, how when they was doing, like, uh, na, 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 you know, that was a whole <laughs> fucking thing. Bro, I might sign you right now. <laughs> Listen, I'm not just anybody, bro. That was, that was pretty. I'm legit. pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty good at what I do. Do you guys have any other questions for Buck before we end the podcast tonight? Nothing off the top of my head, but bro, that that uh, the intro was amazing, bro. Oh, I, I, I can't I wait feel to like add it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like dope. people don't um, get to experience shit like that, man. It's like you go watch people perform, and that's why I hate big venues. You don't get that intimate feeling, like. It, and, and maybe that's why I liked his show at the Dixon Mayfair, or whatever, so much because I felt like to me it felt like it was all friends and family. That's yeah, a lot the, more the, intimate, right? Man, it did, man. And you got kids fucking running around and, and you know, their, their, their cousins chasing them. And, man, I had a fuck. I, I love seeing that shit. I had a blast. Well, I, I, if, if you're going to see a concert nowadays, they're not playing that. Like, they're not, they're not, heart and soul is not playing that instrument. Yeah. Yeah. 99% of the time. You know that, right? Re oh, they're just, it's already. It's all, it's I, all, no, I didn't. 90% of the time? <laughs> yeah. So the, I know the, they the do world that, but is I so ingrained to like wanting to hear it exactly like yeah, they're right. hearing on the radio. Right. And I mean, there's certain things you can't emulate playing live. Like if, if there's you know there's there's orchestra and a lot of that stuff. There's other stuff that they're putting in the studio that you can't do live without having 40 guys up there. Um, you know, there's there's like Cody Johnson, he's playing live. Um, Luke Combs is playing live. Um, Post Malone's not. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift's not. It's hard, man, and I don't think people realize that that to play live is a whole different level of fucking talent. Like you're, and, and I'm not saying that they they can't do it because I think Post can. A track, Pulse, yeah, yeah. I mean, playing to a track is a, is a, is a, you got to know how to be a musician to play to that track, and because you're, you're kind of you're there, you're kind of on, you're kind of playing all the parts because you know you know the parts, but as a production part of things, like they have to like make sure it's. It's gonna work out perfectly. Like all those halftime shows, that's all. It's all track. Yeah. There's no pot. There's no one even plugged in at those things. Like there's no one even. They're not even hiding it. So if you really look, yeah. There's no one even hiding it. It's all fake. Um, it's most of the time the artist, like the singer, is is live. Yeah. Um, 
except for a lot of the poppy ones that you know of. Oh, absolutely. Um, like rap. Rap is terrible to watch live. Yeah. Like that shit is <laughs> terrible. Like some of them could do it, but they just, they're usually just, it's a whole recorded fucking thing. I, I, I hate that. And I, I know it's a thing, but it's like back in the day, like Snoop used to come out with a, with a band. Too short, bro. Like that was sick. When I was a kid and I would go to Summer Jam, Too Short would close the show with a fucking live band. The dude, dude knew music. That's dope. But a lot of people are just studio now. And But I think that that's not just that genre. Like I think, like you're saying, uh, it's 90, what did you, what do you it's, estimate? It's, 90? it's not 90%, but it, it's, it's up there. 90%. Yeah. So I think of old school shit. Like what about a Guns N' Roses? Like I'm going to tell you right now, Metallica's not doing that. Metallica's doing their shit, right? A lot of those older guys, pre-90 or like 2000 and on, all those guys are doing that live. Yeah. Live, live. Yeah. Yeah. And then there might be some songs, there might be, they're, they're all playing to a click track. In, in a track that's templating them or on their in-ears that's counting a song. So there might be something in there that they don't have on stage that's giving a sound. Keeping off. everybody on the same point. Well, that too, but there might be like a um, like a strings or an organ or some kind of orchestra thing that they don't have on stage. Um, there's guys that tour without a bass player and a guitar player, but it's there. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow. So a lot of these record, you know, friends of mine that are amazing musicians, they're throwing this record label throws them on the road with like, them as a vocalist, a guy that plays something as a utility guy, and a drummer. Like, you need a guitar player and a bass player and all these other guys that are making that sound. And it's like, it's so, they don't even care anymore. It's like, yeah. It's like, they, they they're not. Guy, a guy like me is a walk up, is like, who the fuck's the rest of the band? <laughs> like, three guys up there, it's like, there's all that music instrumentation going on. It's like, okay, this is. They don't even need to hide it, though. They don't right? even need to yeah. hide it anymore. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Which is so I forgot, crazy to me. I forgot who said it, and they said, you know what you used to, they used to use before Pro Tools? Pros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. really I love pros. that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. So for our listeners that want to check you out, what's the soonest um, gig that you're putting on that's kind of local? Uh, Shoot. California, I'm playing in, uh, uh, again, doing a, Solano County Farm Bureau show in uh, Dick Winters, Green River, September. Green River. I think we're going to try to hit that. Yeah, we it's are. September 15th. September 15th. I'm doing something for Solano Brewing for the kids, some kind of kids fundraiser thing. We got to raise a bunch of money for, man, I should know this stuff, but I don't. But <laughs> uh, October 7th, doing something. The rest, I'm on the road traveling in, in my van and trailer out of state and doing some stuff. That's if you want, if you're out of state, check out you know the website buckboard.com. Hell yeah, or hit Green River, right? Let's get yeah. a bunch of us out there and have a good time. Do you want to try to do another one? Are you good? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, we can do another. One. I'll do another one. Let's do one more. One more song? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. Let's see if I can't get. Oh, you know something. One more. This is how we're gonna close it out tonight, right here. Okay, you guys want to do your shout-outs first? Well, Shout out Buck Ford and the Ford family, yeah. man. I love you guys. Yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on, man. This is great. Yeah, Buck Ford and, you know, the the, the usual Jeff Rochava fucking... Maggie Bo. Maggie Bo. Um, check out Buck Ford on social media, Spotify, Apple Music, and check out his website. And meet us out there at Green River. Yeah. I want to get a bunch of us out there to go watch that I'm, show. I'm gonna get Jay drunk. <laughs> That's hard to do. <laughs> Shit. Joe Nolan. Damn it. What's that? Joe Nolan. He won today. Did he? Mm -hmm.
Nice. Oh, yeah, so shout out to Nono. He's winning everything. He's winning. He's got the number one plate on this week. It's fucking dope. That's badass. He's gonna be factory, huh? That'd be dope. He's getting that ride. He's got to. Sees my cow. 